Hi, welcome to Living Life. And I hope that our time together will just really empower you and strengthen you in God's Word. You know, when I think of the word blasphemy, um, there aren't too many examples that I could think of uh, growing up or in my surroundings. However, when I read the news, I sometimes come across um, situations where other parts of the world where they're confronted with blasphemy. And just recently, I was reading the news and in Pakistan, they were charging this man with blasphemy. And so it is such a serious crime where the community and the people would gather together and that they would take this person and put him on trial. And so he would be put in prison uh, awaiting sentencing. And as I was reading more about this, Pakistan is uh, known for their laws on blasphemy. And over 1,300 people had been accused of blasphemy from 1967 to 2014. Uh, and so a lot of times these people do not make it to trial because uh, the people would kill them uh, for the crime that they committed. Uh, so as we look into today's passage, we're going to learn about blasphemy and what it meant uh, that was written by God and what it meant for the Israelites and for us today as we study God's Word in the book of Leviticus. Leviticus chapter 24, verses 10 through 23. Now the son of an Israelite mother and an Egyptian father went out among the Israelites, and a fight broke out in the camp between him and an Israelite. The son of the Israelite woman blasphemed the name with a curse, so they brought him to Moses. His mother's name was Shilamith, the daughter of Debri the Danite. They put him in custody until the will of the Lord should be made clear to them. Then the Lord said to Moses, Take the blasphemer outside the camp. All those who heard him are to lay their hands on his head, and the entire assembly is to stone him. Say to the Israelites, Anyone who curses their God will be held responsible. Anyone who blasphemes the name of the Lord is to be put to death. The entire assembly must stone them. Whether foreigner or native-born, when they blaspheme the name, they are to be put to death. Anyone who takes the life of a human being is to be put to death. Anyone who takes the life of someone's animal must make restitution life for life. Anyone who injures their neighbor is to be injured in the same manner. Fracture for fracture, eye for eye, tooth for tooth. The one who has inflicted the injury must suffer the same injury. Whoever kills an animal must make restitution, but whoever kills a human being is to be put to death. You are to have the same law for the foreigner and the native-born. I am the Lord your God. 
Then Moses spoke to the Israelites, and they took the blasphemer outside the camp and stoned him. The Israelites did as the Lord commanded Moses. And so as we find ourselves in the book of Leviticus in chapter 24, we come across a situation where a person commits blasphemy. And this is a sin according to the law of Moses. And so what's taking place here is that there is a person who is half Egyptian, half Jew. And so I'm sure it was not uncommon for this kind of person, you know, a Samaritan, to encounter discrimination. And so uh, we're not sure, we're not given the details of what happened or why they were fighting or what caused this uh, to happen. Uh, but we see here that, you know, it's a person who is racially mixed and so uh, due to marriage. And so uh, we know that the mom uh, was a Jew. And the sin that this person commits is blasphemy. And so if you're not familiar with what blasphemy is, uh, it's considered a crime where you verbally attack someone, and usually it's directed towards God. Uh, and so it's a, a modern idea of basically verbal abuse. Uh, and so you're spewing out and, you know, cussing and saying all these things, uh, derogatory things, and you know, calling names um, towards God. And so uh, what happened was in the Near East, back then in their culture, uh, a person was bound up intimately by their character. And so in the case of God, uh, blasphemy was considered rejection, you know, saying that you don't believe in him and that you are not a child of God. And so it was common for Egyptians to curse their many gods that they worship uh, when they were uh, in the land of Egypt. And so the root of this sin was basically that uh, man considers God on the same level as these petty Egyptian gods. And so due to that, there, the sin of blasphemy, that there would be a penalty. And so in accordance to Deuteronomy uh, chapter 17, they're given specific instructions on what they should do if a person commits this crime of blasphemy. Uh, so they would have this accused brought before the people and then they will be sentenced uh, according to what they have done. And so God commanded that if a person blasphemed him, uh, they were to be stoned. Uh, and so the reason being was that because stones were very common uh, where they were living, you can easily find that and use that as a tool for execution. And so this meant that the community would have to come together. Uh, in participation with this execution. So if the person not only sinned against God, but they sinned against the community. And so the Jews would go to great lengths to avoid saying or writing the name of God uh, because in their thinking, they did not want to have to deal with the consequence and the penalty of the sin. And so only the high priest was allowed to pronounce the holy name of God. And this was once a year on the Day of Atonement. And so the Jews, uh, they had such reverence and fear for God that they didn't even dare to write his name. Uh, because if they wrote it down and if the paper was destroyed somehow, this was considered blasphemy. And so they would write the name 
Adonai uh, instead of Yahweh because of God. And they wouldn't even write the name God. They would write uh, G-D. Uh, so this would avoid uh, any kind of you know, um, blasphemy on their end. And so we see here that the punishment for this man uh, fit his crime. And so God pronounced that the penalty for this blasphemer, blasphemer would be that uh, they would stone him. And so many people have taken you know, eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth as a command. Uh, instead, God used this as a limit of the punishment. Uh, so this would prevent man uh, to becoming the judge, saying that, you know, I think that this uh, should be um, what should be the result of because of that person's sin. Uh, because of our nature, you know, we tend to punish more the person who commits a crime than what has actually occurred. And so this is why God places this limit so that uh, we won't go overboard and we won't step out of bounds in terms of uh, providing the punishment for the crime. And so at the end of the chapter, we see that the Israelites took the one who cursed, and so they put him outside of their camp, and everyone would pick up a stone and basically throw it at him until he died. And so this is an important verse because it demonstrates that the law was not just given to the, guideline, to the uh, Israelites as a guideline, but it was given to them as a law, that they needed to follow this uh, to the very end. And so God expected them to obey it. And so even though it must have been very difficult for them to see this person being executed, uh, they knew that this is what God told them and that they were fulfilling uh, the words and the laws of God. And so they did this because they feared God more than they feared man. And so this was an important lesson to see that they followed through and they carried out um, what God had written down specifically and that they did it um, to every detail of God has written. And so we see in this example uh, in the book of Leviticus how important it is to realize the consequence of sin. And in our, in our minds, we may think, you know, blasphemy may not be a big deal. But for the Israelites, uh, we see that this was a prime example of what happens when they do this or when they abuse or when they sin against God. And so the Israelites would go to great lengths to make sure that they did not fall into this sin. Uh, we see that they had such a fear of God's power and um, his might. And so the question remains for us is that, do we have that kind of fear of God as well? As we live our lives, are we you know, in keeping in mind what God can do? Do we have in mind the, the power that God possesses? Do we have in mind the knowledge that he has of our lives inside and out? And if we do, I think we would have a different perspective and we would live our lives differently. Uh, so let us pray for that. Uh, Father, we thank you for your word and we ask God that as we meditate upon it, uh, help us God to see and understand uh, how holy, how perfect you are and that how no sin can be in your presence. 
And so uh, we pray that we will just be able to lay down our sins and approach you uh, with holy reverence as you've uh, called us to do. And so may we not overlook that, but may we live that out in our daily lives. Uh, we love you and we thank you. And in Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. This program is produced Further and stepping in closer, see you.